Hebrews chapter 11 for encouragement and for challenge and for growth and help. And we're going to read together, please, from that tonight, just a few verses at the beginning. But we're going to start just by way of context uh, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse uh, 38. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. And the writer to the Hebrews writes here, uh, Now the just shall live by faith, and if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Uh, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen, and may God add his own blessing uh, to his precious word. On the 26th of May, 1866, a man called Hudson Taylor, many of you will have heard of him, I would think. He and his wife and four children and another married couple and five single men and nine single women set sail for the interior of China. Not all of those people were Christians. Some weren't, some were. All from different classes and all, from different, all with different natures, shut up for four months in a slender boat on the mighty Atlantic. And the possibilities of disaster were so real. Going out not knowing where they were going, no one at home to really support them, no one in China to welcome them or to receive them. And, but despite a battered vessel, They all did arrive safely to face the mighty walls of Shanghai and the rest, of course, is history because that was the foundation of the China Inland Mission, now known as OMF International. To many, that venture was accompanied with reckless folly, but to Hudson Taylor, that adventure or that venture was accompanied with one thing, and that was faith in God. A day or two after the death of Hudson Taylor, a man called Bishop Montgomery wrote, I don't know much about him, but I just quote to you what he said, or what he wrote. The power inherent in a simple faith, without any accessories or system remains, an awe-inspiring and tremendous fact. The one deep lesson taught to this generation by the founder of the China Inland Mission is the power of the pure flame of a passionate belief or faith. There's nothing quite like it in the world and from it 
have come great miracles in action in history. He was absolutely right in what he wrote because there is nothing quite like faith in the world because from it and with it come great miracles. It was Martin Luther, the forerunner of the Reformation, who said, when it comes to faith, what a living, creative, powerful thing it is. It cannot do other than good at all times. True faith in God is a living, creative, and it's a powerful thing. And it can only do good at all times. Now, that's what the writer to the Hebrews is emphasizing in this chapter that we have turned to this evening, Hebrews chapter 11. And there are three key verses that highlight that. The first is found in the first verse we read, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. The just shall live by faith. The second is um, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And the other is verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. If I could turn your attention there just to verse 1, Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. The word substance there means confidence, or assurance. And evidence means proof. So in the things of God and the work of God and Christian life, faith is what gives us the confidence or the assurance to hope for things. And it's the evidence or the proof of things that we cannot see at times, no matter how hard we look or no matter where we look and in the context of the Hebrews here that uh, the, this letter is written to, it's fair to say that the principle of living by faith, the just shall live by faith, the writer says, the, the principle of living by faith had already been planted in the hearts of these Hebrew believers. And that had been done by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit through saving faith in Jesus Christ. They were, they, were, they were, however, going through very tough times, these believers, which evidently resulted from some sort of persecution. I will not go into that tonight. So they were therefore in danger of staggering in their faith. They were in danger even of falling away from the faith. And they were in danger of going back to the faith that come out of which was Judaism. They needed to be strengthened in their Christian faith if they were to live by faith and do that in a world where it wasn't easy to do so. And that's what the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 11 is seeking to do. He's seeking to strengthen and encourage the faith of these believers. And it's very instructive in doing that for you and me this evening. It was written, it was um, Warren Worsby who said, the biblical faith 
True biblical faith is not an emotional kind of wishful thinking, but is an inner conviction based on the word of God. I mention that because that's what the writer is getting at in his introduction to this great chapter in faith, and especially what he says in verse 3 of Hebrews 11. Let's read it together, verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It is by faith in the word of God that you and I understand God created God framed, God set in order, God arranged the world that you and I live in tonight. The word of God says, God spoke, or God spake, and it was done. And it's by faith that we believe that. So the faith that the just, that's the Christians, are to live by is based on what God says in his word. It's not a wishful sort of thing. It's not based on nothing. It's not an empty hope. But it's based on the word of God. Faith in the word of God makes faith the creative and living and powerful thing that it is, just as Luther said all those years ago. Now, I'm doing a lot tonight, I suppose, by way of introduction, but I'll continue on anyway. Faith has always been the... um, vital characteristic of God's servants down through the centuries. And that's why the writer in the rest of Hebrews, after verse 3, refers to many Old Testament characters, examples of people who live by faith, right? And he does that to encourage and strengthen those he was writing to to do the same. If they live by faith, then you too can live by faith. And so he's encouraging them to live by faith and to do that in a world where it's not easy to do so. And it's not easy to live by faith in a world that is no friend to the people of God. It's not easy to do so. No matter where we are, no matter how long we're on the road, no matter who we are. So we need to be strengthened and built up in our faith. Notice what, he, what the writer says in Hebrews 11 and 2 here. For by it, that is by faith, the elders, that was the ancient Hebrew fathers, the Old Testament people who lived by faith, obtained a good report. By faith, these Old Testament examples who lived by faith, obtained a good testimony. And these servants of God that the writer mentions, had died and therefore were no longer alive to speak for themselves and share their stories uh, around living by faith. However, there was something that did remain, which continued to speak, and that was a good testimony to a life lived by faith. And they being dead, yet were speaking. And it's a wonderful thing when a Christian dies leaving behind a good testimony to a life that was lived with true faith in God. That's something worth 
living for. And that's something worth aspiring to. And that's something that every Christian should be striving for. Because from the example of so many, and we look at one or two tonight, uh, time permits me, I asked Gareth, was there a, was there a clock in the back wall? Because I have no watch on. And he says, no, there's one there so that's even closer, and I am keeping my eye on it, I promise you. Uh, but that's a, that is a, from the example of so many in Hebrews chapter 11, it is possible for you and me to live by faith. And it is the only thing that remains whenever our lives are over. Because that's true for all those Old Testament examples. So may God help us to, uh, to uh, aspire to live a life that's um, living by true faith in God. And that by it we might obtain a good testimony, a good witness amongst our work colleagues, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our church, wherever God has placed it. It's absolutely so vital. All of that's by way of introduction. Um, you've been thinking, how long is this boy going to go on? We're going to turn to these characters the writer mentions in Hebrews 11. And from them, we're going to learn some lessons about living by faith. And doing that in a world where you find it not easy to do so. And the first thought is taken from verse 4. Mention is made of the first two brothers that were born on this earth, the sons of Adam and Eve, named Cain and Abel. And particular reference is made to Abel and how he got assurance that he had obtained a right relationship with God. And the first thought tonight is this, Faith obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life. You might think, well, sure, that's basic. But I have discovered in ministry that there are some people who really struggle with that when it comes to knowing whether I'm right with God or not. Faith obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. For the back, for the, many of you, if not all of you tonight, but I don't want to presume anything because I don't know very many of you, but for the background to this, we need to go to Genesis chapter 4 and 3 to 5. Because that's where we find full details of what the writer is actually referring to. And in Genesis chapter 4 and 3 to 5, Cain and his brother Abel are engaging in the worship of God. And in doing that, they're bringing offerings to him. In verse 3 of Genesis chapter 4, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell.
fell. Fair to say that both Cain and Abel offered to the same God. And they did that in faith. But it was only Abel's offering that was accepted. Not only that, it was only Abel obtained the assurance that God had accepted him and that he was now righteous or right in God's sight. Cain did not obtain that blessed assurance or that blessed witness. The question is, why did one obtain righteousness and the other did not? Especially when both had an obvious faith in God. The answer has to be, it was what their faith was in that made it acceptable in God's sight. There may be other reasons as well, but just for tonight. What their faith was in made their faith acceptable in God's sight. Made the, the Abel's faith acceptable in God's sight. Verse four and four, chapter Genesis 4 and 4, Abel brought the firstlings of the best of his flock and the fat thereof. Abel's faith was in an offering to God where an animal had to be first of all killed to obtain the fat. And blood would have been shed in doing that. And since Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21 there, you read Genesis 3 and 21, unto Adam also he and, he, um, and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So since Genesis 3 and 21, when God made the coats of skins to cover Adam and Eve after they had sinned against him, God established a principle that without the shedding of blood, there was no remission for sin and there was no righteousness with him. Nobody could be made right with him without the shedding of blood. Cain, on the other hand, brought the fruit of his ground, the fruit and veg for his offering. They might have been the best of his crop, but this offering was made without the shedding of blood and as far as God was concerned, that was unacceptable because of that. It was in an offering to God with blood, that Abel obtained assurance by faith that he was right with God, and it still does. Now let me explain. Many thousands of years have passed since Abel obtained the assurance that he was right with God, but God's means of making a man or woman right with himself has never changed since that except to say that we don't have to bring an offering. Because an offering has been made on the behalf of us all and that offering is finished and that offering has been accepted and that offering is once and for all. The faith of Abel in his offering of the blood sacrifice through which he obtained that blessed assurance that he was right in God's sight pointed forward to another far greater offering, not of an animal, but of a person, through which the righteousness of God is obtained in Christian life. 
Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 and 10 to 12. Hebrews chapter 10 and 10 to 12. Hebrews chapter 10 and 10 to 12. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. This man, speaking of course of our Lord Jesus, who offered himself as a sacrifice to God of the cross, and has now sat down on the right hand of God. And the word of God, the word of God assures you and me that through saving personal faith in him, sins are taken away, and the absolute assurance that the righteousness of God, or that we are right with, with, with God, is obtained in Christian life. Turn to me to Romans chapter 3 and 21 to 22, which backs this up. Romans chapter 3 and 21 to 22. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Many of you will know that text of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For God hath made him to be sin for us, that we might be made, can you finish it? We might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that amazing? For God hath made him, that Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The just shall live by faith, and certainly the first lesson we can learn about doing that is from the example of God's servant Abel. Faith in the offering of Jesus Christ obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life with absolute assurance and without doubts and without ifs and without buts and without maybes. Tell me, have you obtained that witness or assurance that you're right with God or maybe that's something somebody's struggling with? Because some do. I just heard of a young man the other day, and I knew him well in our, in our Lisbon Fellowship many years, uh, several years ago, and um, he's a Christian, but he's in absolute bits because he can't believe he's saved. He just cannot get his head right. But he has sought the Lord so earnestly. The just shall live by faith and the uh, faith in Jesus Christ and the authority of the Word of God. 
And faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see or we cannot even feel at times. When it comes to the confidence and the evidence or the proof of a right relationship with God in Christian life. Fanny Crosby, um, you were asking me whether a hymn we could sing afterwards. Maybe this is one I don't know. You might have thought of another one, Gareth, and if you do, that's good. But Fanny Crosby spoke of her assurance of this whenever she wrote that hymn that often you sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Isn't it a blessed assurance? Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. I'm born of his spirit and I'm washed in his blood. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Faith obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life. The next thought, and really we haven't time to develop that tonight, but if you're back next week, I promise I'll come back again. Faith receives the strength of God to walk a pleasing life. And then we'll move on to faith provides the protection of God in family life. I haven't quite decided what's happening after that. But that's a wee foretaste just of what's to come. I'm aware of time and I need to give you time to pray and seek the Lord. And I always encourage that in pastoral ministry. But I trust this evening that your faith may be encouraged, strengthened, even as we've looked at God's word a little bit tonight, this chapter. We'll continue to do so as the Lord leads us and guides us in the weeks that lie ahead. Thank you.